Support for this podcast comes from ODC Dance. The world-class company returns for Dance Downtown, March 27th through the 31st, with two electrifying programs and five works, springing from cartoon, the news, and human connection. ODC.dance slash downtown. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. From KQED. Hey everybody, it's Devin, and I am back with you hosting From My Place in Vallejo, And first, I just want to say thank you so much to Erica Cruz Guevara, ECG, for hosting while I was away, and to Marisol Medina Gadena for all of her help producing. I missed you guys, and it feels good to be back. So today is April 1st, and for a lot of people, that means rent is due. And we all know that making rent in the Bay Area was already tough, but now it's become almost impossible for so many people who've lost work because of COVID-19. That raises a big question. What's being done to help? I think a lot of people are just especially anxious right now about, you know, meeting big expenses like like a rent. On Friday, Governor Gavin Newsom announced some protections for renters, on top of the different things that local governments have already done. But tenants' rights advocates say that renters still need more protection, not just right now, but well into the future. Today, we're going to talk about the big, confusing patchwork of help for people who are struggling to make rent. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to the Bay. Laura Yopiwa, she lives in Concord, California. Um, She's been out there for 15 years. I'm from Mexico, too, and um, I have my own company of house cleaning service. She rents her three-bedroom house with her husband and their two young kids. And, um, yeah, she's, she's been out there for, for a bit now. Molly Solomon is a reporter with KQED's Housing Affordability Desk. She works about 40 hours a week servicing people's homes, um, cleaning people's houses all across Contra Costa County. They were bringing in about $6,000 together a month. Their rent was $18.50. Um, their two kids go to private school. And, you know, Laura said things were going pretty well. And then as the outbreak was happening, what started happening to her work and family? You know, she started pretty quickly after shelter-in-place order came down in the Bay Area counties, getting these text messages and calls from her customers. And then my customers, my clients started um, calling me to cancel all the services. Initially, it was just a few, but about a week later, every single client had canceled and she had no more income coming in. Um, It wasn't you know, that much longer that her husband also was told to stay home and he was temporarily laid off from his job, too. For both of them, they're not getting any income right now. Her business has dried up completely and they are looking at April 1st coming up and they don't have any income coming in to help pay that rent. It's hard. It's getting hard for me because I don't know what to do after that without jobs, without income. She's got all these other expenses. She's got to pay for the bills. She's got to pay for insurance. You know, even though her two kids are out of school right now, she still has to pay tuition to their private school. I don't have money to pay my, my kids' school because it, they're going to charge you 
So she's juggling all of that while also looking at that looming, you know, rent is due deadline. And she said they've got a little bit in savings right now, but it's not going to go that far. My stepfather, it's sick right now. He needed surgery and they don't have money. My husband is like, I don't know if we can pay the rent or send the money to pay the surgery because he already is in the hospital. So uh, it's a hard decision for him. Laura and her husband, they send money to Mexico um, every couple weeks when their paychecks come in. So right now they're not getting paid and that's a whole other disruption to their lives, their family's lives, um, who depend on them for that, for that money and that assistance. She doesn't know if they're going to be able to help with that right now because she's not getting her paycheck in. Um, so I just think that, you know, in general, there's a lot more connections here that are going to be disrupted when we don't get our regular paychecks. I feel like this is a story that so many people are experiencing right now. People can't pay their bills. And obviously, one of the biggest bills here in the Bay Area is is rent. What has been the the talk about April 1st and what's happening around renters right now? I think the biggest thing that I'm hearing is just, you know, kind of people feeling like they're frozen. There's this, you know, sort of stoppage that we've seen in almost every aspect of our lives with the shelter-in-place order, people are staying home. People who work in retail, restaurant chefs, um, hairstylists who just can't go to work right now because their jobs have either reduced their hours or they've shuttered completely. People feel like there's this moment that they're in and they're not even sure how to begin to think about normal things that we've just become used to, like paying rent on time, because they're not getting anything in. Over the last few weeks, tenants' rights groups have been putting pressure on state and local governments to do something to protect renters. About two weeks ago, Governor Newsom gave local governments the option of stopping evictions in their own communities. But there were still a lot of people, including some state lawmakers, who wanted the governor to do more to protect renters. So on Friday, Newsom issued another executive order. He essentially is delaying the amount of time that tenants have to respond to an eviction that is filed against them if they're impacted economically by COVID-19. So for tenants through May 31st, uh, there will be no eviction proceedings. There'll be no enforcement as it relates to your inability to pay for COVID-19. It does not preempt any local ordinances that go deeper or farther. So in the state of California, you can get evicted for a lot of reasons. Um, the one that people are most focused on right now is non-payment of rent. In the state, you get a bit of a grace period, three days. If you go beyond that, you can get kicked out of your home. What Governor Newsom has done is he's expanded the amount of time that tenants have to respond to an eviction that a landlord has filed against you. That doesn't exactly stop landlords from filing evictions against you in the first place. So that's one reason why tenants groups are angry. They feel like there should be just a complete ban on evictions being filed at all. And then second, you know, it doesn't stop the proceeding from continuing once this order is lifted come June. 
I think a lot of people wanted him to do more. Maybe they wanted him to put a freeze on rent or they wanted him to completely ban evictions from being filed. Um, I mean, I was getting calls immediately as soon as Newsom started to make his announcement. He did a press conference when he was down in Los Angeles last week. Um, People were enraged. I mean, the words that tenants' rights groups were using were that his action was misleading. Um, It wasn't going to protect anyone. I, I, I can't express how unbelievable it is that he would he would make people think that they're protected and they're not. I spoke with tenants' rights attorney Jackie Zaneri. She's at uh, Centro Legal de la Raza. That's a tenants' rights group um, law firm out here that does a lot of eviction defense work. And, you know, she essentially said that Governor Newsom's order was useless. The governor didn't do a statewide moratorium. He he put out an order that is going to mislead tenants and make them think that they're protected when they're not. They feel like what he's done hasn't actually stopped evictions from being filed. Um, it's just, you know, sort of hitting pause on the eviction proceeding for now. But I mean, the big concern here is that if landlords can still file evictions, what happens when this is lifted? What happens come June 1st? Their fear is that we're going to see this huge wave of evictions come in, you know, basically kicking out tenants that weren't able to pay rent in that time period. And as soon as this you know, executive order that Newsom put out is lifted, we could see people getting removed from their homes. And just so I'm clear, we're only talking about evictions. Like people still have to pay rent over the next two months, despite whether they've lost their jobs or not because of COVID-19. That's right. Rent is still due on April 1st. Rent is still going to be due on May 1st. Um, There are some things that different landlord groups are recommending. Um, CAA, the California Apartment Association, they're the largest landlord group in the state of California. Um, They're actually recommending to their members that, you know, you work out some sort of payment plan with your tenants. Um, They're urging people to be a bit more lenient right now, like understanding that we are in a health crisis and that a lot of people aren't getting paid the paycheck that they normally would have, Um, which is kind of unusual. I mean, you don't typically see landlord lobbying groups recommending to their members that they, you know, become a little sympathetic with that rent paycheck that's coming in. A lot of people, too, have brought up that, you know, rent coming in has a larger impact beyond just, you know, the tenant. Rent pays landlords. Landlords then pay their mortgages. So I think also it's important to understand that, uh, you know, there's a larger system here that's getting disrupted. So if you're someone like Laura, what does Newsom's order mean for you? So Laura lives in Concord, which did recently pass its own eviction moratorium, um, which a lot of cities have been doing. For her, you know, she lost all of her business. Her husband was temporarily laid off from his job. Um, You know, it seems like they would qualify for this. That doesn't mean that Laura and her husband aren't going to pay rent. And that doesn't mean that that rent isn't going to be due at some later date. Um, I think what's unclear for a lot of people in Laura's situation is how are they going to pay that back? You know, if, say, she doesn't start working again until June, you know, she told me that her clients aren't comfortable with her coming to clean their houses until at least June 1st. What happens after that? How is she going to pay back two months of rent when she hasn't been getting her regular paycheck? 
Have other cities passed similar protections for renters on top of Newsom's order? Yeah, you know, there's been, according to California Apartment Association, more than 80 local governments have passed some version of a, either a ban on evictions, some have even gone ahead and banned uh, rent hikes or fees associated with paying rent late. And that includes some of the biggest cities here in the Bay Area, San Jose, San Francisco, Oakland. In Oakland, they went ahead and actually made it so that you can't get evicted for any reason. It doesn't have to be tied to some sort of coronavirus-related economic hit. You know, even if you are evicted for what's called a just cause reason, for, for a reason that would be considered okay to be evicted, you know, landlords can't do that right now. I mean, I'm having a hard time keeping track of what tenants' rights are during this time and what protections they potentially have. Are you finding that tenants that you've talked to are confused about who to contact to learn the rules in their city or whether they have to pay rent or whether they're getting evicted? It's so confusing, Devin. <laughs> um, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, first of all, it's not just you. A lot of people are confused about this right now. The biggest thing that tenants' rights groups were saying after, you know, Governor Newsom announced his uh, executive order on evictions was they felt like that actually could be more damaging. I think this is going to confuse a large amount of of people into thinking that the governor has given them some type of protection. And I also think that it's going to block uh, stronger protections from being passed in cities where people think that this is some type of protection. People are going to hear that, oh, Governor Newsom, he passed this moratorium on evictions. And so I think there's also a concern of not quite understanding what that actually entails. And so people might think that they're more protected than they actually are. Because there, there's so much information happening around renter protections right now, and it seems to be happening so fast... I want to ask about Laura. Does she feel reassured by any of this? I think Laura has enough to float for the month of April. But after that, you know, she said things get a little bit unclear for her. I think we can survive without power, but I will need food for my kids. She brought up this point where she said, you know, if I'm going to have to pick paying rent or paying for food to feed my family, like, I'm going to pick food right now. And I think that's something that, like, that's just, like, a very essential choice that people are actually having to make right now. So uh, that's what I'm putting, which one is most important than another ones. And so I decide to save it for food. I think down the road, she's maybe a little bit more optimistic that her clients are going to come back and that there is an end to all of this. But I just think getting through that is going to be really tough. And a lot of people are feeling that right now. Aside from the local and state rules now in place, there are all kinds of other agreements between renters and landlords happening too. We've seen reports of some landlords asking for less rent this month or in some cases, waiving rent altogether for their tenants. But also there are reports of rents going up. Thanks to Molly Solomon for talking with us. She's a housing affordability reporter for KQED. You can see her reporting and all of KQED's reporting on COVID-19 by going to kqed.org. I also want to say one more time, just thank you to the Bay team for telling such important stories while I was away. 
Producers Erica Cruz-Cavara, Marisol Medina-Cadena, and our editor Alan Monacilio. Listening to the work you guys were putting out at such a difficult time, I am proud to work with each of you. All right, I'm Devin Kadayama. That's it for The Bay. We'll talk to you Friday. Hey, I'm Brian Stelter, and I hope you'll join me on Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Every Thursday, I'm getting the inside take from the best reporters in the country on what figures like Elon Musk, Donald Trump, Kevin McCarthy, and Marjorie Taylor Greene are doing. I think she wants to make things happen. She wants to get legislation passed. She made clear to me that she wants to have a president who upholds Christian values. She embraces the term Christian nationalist. That's Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Available wherever you get your podcasts. A young correctional officer. He said it was the most dangerous prison in California. Forced to make a choice. Fulfill his oath or back his fellow officers. Recognize the badge of my office. I'm Suki Lewis from KQED Podcasts comes On Our Watch Season 2, New Folsom. A story about who gets hurt when the system that promises to keep us safe is bent on protecting itself. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts.